Right. I am very uh, appreciative to be able to preach tonight. I thank the Lord for the privilege to do so. I'm uh, greatly honored to preach in this pulpit here. One, I appreciate Pastor. I love Pastor, and I love our church, and I'm greatly honored to to preach in this pulpit. It's a tremendous blessing. I um, My anniversary is today. All right, 30 years. Woo! 30 years. Hallelujah. And uh, so what we're going to do, I'm going to take on a trip next year. <laughs> take on a trip next year. I had to go get, I've had this ear problem going on where, where my ear is throwing me off balance. It's been going on for, for about almost a month now. On top of my other health issues that I have going on, I have, I have this. And so I went and got a shot a few weeks ago, and it helped out. And then they gave me something. I went back again. They gave me, um, what do you call those medicines they give you? Antibiotics. I can't take antibiotics. I'm telling you, they give me so much anxiety. I, I tell you, I can't take them. So I took them for four days. I said, I can't take any more. So I went up today again. been a couple of weeks since I've been up there. I said, listen, I can't take this. i got to have some help. I'm just getting off balance and stuff. And so they gave me another steroid shot. It ain't like the first steroid shot. First steroid shot, that worked great. That was, that was wonderful. This one has done give me the jitters so bad. It is awful. I mean, it's just like I'm, I'm already like anxiety a little bit, you know, and then tonight it's just like, man, I am anxiety. So help me, Lord. I need your help. Let's look at the book of Job tonight. I want you to look and uh, put your, go to chapter 1. And then also chapter 23, we'll mainly be in 23. <clears throat> I, I love the book of Job, I tell you. Book of Job, chapter 1. We're going to start off in 23, though, so just uh, go to 23, then we're going to come back to 20, 20 uh, chapter 1. If I were a pilot, I would probably fly big planes, because it takes a long time for me to get off the runway when I get to preaching before we actually get where we're going, okay? So we'll see if the Lord will help us tonight, and I... I have prayed, and the Lord knows my heart more than anything in my heart. I want to be a blessing to the church and to, to you tonight. And um, I, I want the Lord Jesus to be honored and magnified. And I want his people to be helped. And I have prayed and asked the Lord to guide me. And uh, when, at, when the pastor uh, asked me uh, if I would like to preach uh, tonight, uh, immediately this is the passage that came to my mind and I was so sure of it until the way up today, the way to church. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm on the right thing or not. So you know what? We'll know in a few minutes if I'm in the right spot. Job chapter 23, then Job answered and said, even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. 
There the righteous might dispute with him. So should I be delivered forever from my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. But he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him." Let's pray tonight. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you again for the privilege to be in your house tonight. And Lord, I'm glad that you come and meet with your people tonight. And Lord, I know that it's by your word and, and by your spirit, Lord, if there'll be any help tonight. And I pray that you might would hide me behind the cross. Pray that you might would give us ears to hear your word, Lord, and hearts to receive. And I pray, Lord Jesus, you might be magnified. And I pray that this service, Lord, would make a difference tonight in our life and our walk with you. And in our trial, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to to just uh, find the comfort and the strength and the help, Lord, to, to uh, look to you and to trust you. And we ask it in your mighty, merciful name. Amen. Amen. Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Job lived sometime between uh, Abraham and Moses. The conversation between the Lord and, and, and Satan is, is interesting. You'll see this in chapter 1. Look there. The Lord's, uh, it says there, now there was a day in verse 6 when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. And the idea is, is that Satan has intruded upon this uh, time here. He is, he is buttoned in. And that's just like the devil, isn't it? He's always intruding in things that's not his business. Right. And um, the Lord asked him, he said, where, where have you been today? And he, he says, well, I've been to and fro through the earth. And, uh, you know, this is kind of sarcastic the way he says this. I've been to and fro to, through the earth. And, and when he gets through answering him, he, he really doesn't tell him any information about where he's been at. I've been to and fro through the earth. I've been, you know, uh, uh, you know, in general, specifically, I've been nowhere. And in general, I've been kind of everywhere. I've just been, been going, you know. And, uh, you know, have you ever asked your kids something, you know, and, you, and they give you an answer. And by the time they get done with their answer, there's still no information that is related to the question. Yeah. So what does that have to do with the question I've just asked you? Well, the Lord doesn't go in and, and get to talking about all this right here because the Lord already knows where he's been at. And he says to him right there, have you considered my servant Job? That's interesting. See, see, the Lord knew where the devil had been at. He knew that the devil was trying to get into somebody's business, one of his children's business, and uh, trying to see who, 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 who he could attack. We know Peter says the devil is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And uh, the Bible says here that the Lord uh, answered him, had you considered my servant Job, who is... Uh, there's none like him in the earth, none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and sheweth evil. Three times that is said about the Job in, in this book. 
And um, that's interesting. You know, Job's trouble, as you know, the book of Job is, is a lot of, of suffering in that book. And you know that this probably would have never happened if Job wouldn't have brought up his name, if God wouldn't have brought up the Lord Job's name. And, you know, it makes you want to think, hey, Lord, don't talk about me. Let me just hide in the shadows. Amen. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to cause any trouble. I just want to kind of just sail through life, you know. But um, I think about this, and I, I don't know why I thought about this, but the devil, the devil challenges the Lord. He lays the gauntlet down. He says, I, he said, he said, why does he, he said, Satan, look at verse nine there. Satan answered the Lord and said, doth Job fear God for naught? That word there, naught means to, 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 for no gain, for no advantage. Do you think God, that Job is serving you for nothing? Job's not serving you for nothing. Job is serving you to get what he can out of you. That's why he's serving you. You Look how you've blessed him. You've hedged him in on every side. He is blessed. And he, uh, and so he says, but I bet you if you laid your hand against him, I bet you he'd lay, I bet you he'd curse you to your face. And the Lord said, I'll take that bet. You're going to regret he's the best it's ever been. <laughs> I don't know why, and no, I don't listen to Wittenberg country music, but you ever had them songs get stuck in your head? I read this passage the other day again, and I've never saw that before and thought about that, but so all of a sudden, I hear Charlie Daniels in my head. But this time, the devil's the one. And the, and the fact of the matter is, this is a long time before Charlie Daniels ever came around, but yeah, you're right, Job is the best there's ever been. Nobody has gone through suffering at, like Job has. I mean, tell you, it's, uh, it's amazing what he, has, what he has gone to. The theme in this book, though, although there is a lot of suffering going on in this book, that is not the theme. The underlying theme is found right there in verse 9. Doth God, Job fear God for naught? The question is not, why do the righteous suffer? The question is, why do the righteous serve God? Yeah. Do they serve God to get what they can out of Him? Or if you took everything away from them, would they still serve God? Yeah, I wonder how many people will continue to tithe when the inevitable 5013C or whatever is taken away and there's no more tax-exempt status anymore. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we'll give, but I got to have that for, for my taxes because I like to report everything on my taxes except for these things. Yeah. Come on. That's what, what it's all about. What would you, what, what if you lost everything? As pastor preached the other night, everybody in this room is three quarters uh, richer than anybody in the entire world. Is that what you said? That's what you said. Did, I, did that sound right? We're richer than three quarters of the world. Yeah. We are richer than three quarters of the world. That's a fact. Look at verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking with wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job. And I'm not going to go into the rest of this here, but here's the thing. The Bible says, and there was a day, a day. You ever had one of those days right there Well, there was a day? Yeah. And somebody came with bad news. Job lost his farm. Probably not a big deal. 
at the, at, when that first servant came, probably just said, well, we'll get through this somehow or another. But immediately before he gets through, someone comes and tells him that, that he's lost his, his fortune. Now he's not only lost his field and all of his animals and everything like that, he's lost everything. He was a, he was a uh, you know, a... Um, in cattle, raised cattle, sold cattle, you know, sheep, camels, and all these various things like that. Lost it all. I mean, business was gone just like that. Yeah. One day, and then if that wasn't enough, somebody came immediately uh, before when that guy got done talking, somebody came in and said, all of your children are dead. Yeah. What an awful day. Yeah. What an awful day. Tragedy strikes in a day. Then tragedy strikes again, 2 verse 1. Now you know here between chapter 1 and 2, Satan comes again and says, uh, well, here in chapter 2, 1, again, there was a, a day when the Son of God, sons of God came presenting themselves for the Lord, and Satan came and also among them and presented himself. And he told him this, yeah, he said, skin for skin. If you lay yourself on, uh, lay your hand against him physically, he'll curse you. He'll curse you. And then, of course, you know the, st the story, Job is is now sitting in the ashes and with pots heard scra scraping the boils from the top of his head down to his feet. And he's just, he's in great misery. I've been reading through the book of Job and, and this is how Job describes his suffering. He said it was very great grief. He had an anguished spirit, bitterness of soul. He was scared. He was terrified. And there was a big difference between scared and terrified. He was afflicted. He was confused. He was weeping. He was beyond words. He was in darkness. He was heavy hearted. In fact, it left him, this trial left him loathing and weary of life and longing for death. And some people, you know, don't know what that's like to be in a situation like that. Um... I'll tell you, if you've never got to that spot, you know, your trial has not been that heavy. I mean, it hasn't been as heavy as it could be. Let's put it that way. I'm not saying any heavy, but it's not as heavy as it could be. I tell you one thing, I, 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 used to, I used to think to myself, man, I don't see how anybody could ever commit suicide. But let me tell you, as I got older, I've come to, the, to realize I can understand how people can, can commit suicide. Man, there ain't no way anybody that loves God can commit suicide. Well... Keep that to yourself. That's what you believe. But you ought to thank God you've never been to a, in one of those trials that made you impress you so mentally and emotionally to the, to the brink of the edge and say, I don't know how I can go on anymore. Yeah. I, 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 it's a tragedy when, you, when life can be so bad that death would be sought greater than, 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 than another day living. But it's happening every day. Have you ever been through a trial and someone tells you, I know what you're going through, yeah. and you know they don't know what you're going through? <laughs> yeah. They'll say words like this right here. They'll say, they try to say words, they'll say things like, they always try to look on the bright side, okay, this, this particular crowd. And I ain't saying I haven't been in this crowd, myself, but they'll say things like, they'll throw in the word at least a lot, you know. At least a lot, you know. It could be, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, you know, you think of the worst. You know, you can say, well, you know, since it's today's my anniversary, that you can say, uh, man, I got a bad marriage. Would this crowd go like, well, I know what you're going through, but hey, look on the bright side. At least you're married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That crowd don't have no idea 
What's going on? But they always try to tell you something and they'll try to say, and there's something, we're guilty of the same thing. We'll tell people, I know what you're going through. And we, we're clueless to what people's going through because we don't want to stop, take time and listen and find out yeah. what's going on. Right. But see, I know we're here on a Wednesday night and I know everything's going really good and everybody's laughing here and everything like that because we like to put on real good in front of people because this is the day and age we live in. We live in a day, day and age where we got to make sure we, we, we show everybody on social media that everything is good. Look at my life. This is my life. Everything is great. Everything's happy. Everything's wonderful, you know. We especially like it, like it you know, because we like to capture God in the moment in church services or at some meeting or something like that, you know. And we'll snap that shot or that photo or whatever and just show, well, look at what God has done, you know. I wonder about some of that stuff sometimes, you know. Uh, some of them people get up there and they'll say, like, you ever wonder about some of them preachers? This is, this is a parenthetical statement, okay? What that means is this is a rabbit worth traveling, but I'm not going to do with, do with, deal with it much, okay? I'm going to pin this rabbit up and get to him later on somewhere down the road. But, but this is, you ever notice some of them preachers, they get up there and, and they be preaching and they get them preachers on their, on their social media or whatever, and they've got this face going on. Yeah. You know? yeah. Wife, make sure you get that picture where I'm really preaching the power of God. You can just sense the power of God emanating off me. You know, it's like one of them meetings, you know, where God really worked at and he's moving so much and, and every sudden, and then we're getting pictures of all these different people being saved. But let me tell you something, when God really gets them moving in, let me tell you something, there's not a thought about picking up no camera. That's a fact. Anytime God gets a moving, the only thing you're thinking about is, is, man, I need to get right with God. Or you're thinking, I am right with God. Thank you, Jesus. And, and uh, anyway, so there's that. Well, there's that. If I just would have got that shot tomorrow. Help me, Lord. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Job, if you've lost a child, Job could say, I know what you feel yeah. like. Yeah. I know what you're going through. You say, man, I've lost my finances. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm in midlife. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Job could say, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You say, man, I've lost my physical health. I mean, just a year ago, man, I'm running 5Ks and doing this and doing that. And, and I could do all kinds of stuff. And now I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Job can say, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. Job could tell you that. Yeah. You know, that's a, it makes a big difference when somebody, you know, it's good. We all tell people, hey, I'm praying for you. I want you to know. But I want to tell you, the church is called to a greater height than that right there. You know, the Bible tells us we are to comfort others where we ourselves have been comforted. Right. We ought to do that. But we're so busy, so busy, so busy. We can't stop to think, you know, I really wonder what's going on here in church. I wonder who really does have a need. I wonder if I just took some time to, to, to see who does really have a need and how I could help them out. Right. You know, there's a big difference. And I'm sure you've had this, somebody come around you and they don't say a word, but they put their arms around you. 
and just speaking volumes to you. You know that they know what you're going through and they haven't spoken a word to you at all. Their spirit, your spirit bears witness with their spirit. You know that, thank God, it's such a comfort. I don't understand how I'm going to make it, but it's good to know somebody has been there. I pray I never know what it's like to lose a child. I would never want to know that. There's a great difference between sympathy and empathy. Tremendous difference, you know. We ought to always have sympathy, but we can't always have empathy. We can't always move into the shoes of another. The Bible tells us that we ought to be have compassion, though. And that word compassion means to, 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 to struggle together. It means you're willing. I don't understand what you're going through, but I'll tell you one thing. I'm willing to struggle with you. Let me yeah. get in there with you. Amen. Weep with them that weep. Rejoice with them yeah. that rejoice. Amen. Amen. I, I, I just find it amazing in this, in this day and time of what we've got living in when you, when you see, it, it just seems like there's no realness to churches anymore. Right. right. And I want to tell you where realness comes down to because I deal with people every day and all the time. And, and the busiest time of my, uh, of my business life is, is going down to Alabama October 15th to December 7th, Medicare and all that. And it is there, I'm reminded, and through, and through every day, I mean, this is, comes all the time, that people are struggling and hurting and in need all the time. Yeah. <coughs> Job said in verse 3, All that I knew where I might find him. You look at that, Job had lacked the presence of God, the sense of God's presence. He couldn't feel God and he couldn't find God. Look what he said over there in 23. He said, um, Behold, I go forward, but he's not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him on the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot find, uh, behold him, but he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Job did not know where God was at. And I want to tell you one of the most difficult things in life is when you're going through the trial and you cannot find or feel God. Yeah. Yeah. It is an awful, awful thing. It's then I realized, I wrote this down myself uh, 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 years ago, that, that I wonder if my faith will survive when the feelings, and, and, and feelings are gone. Amen. Yeah. That's when you have to understand there is nothing I can trust but the bare word of God. I can't trust the feelings. And I love to hear, I love to hear and shout and feel God. There ain't nothing like that, amen, to to sense the very presence of God. But I want to tell you something, sometimes you can't feel God. Sometimes you can't find God. You find, where are you at? I've got to find God. He was looking for the evidence of God in his trial. I just got to know. One thing I got to know, because as long as I know God's with me, I'll make it. But if I don't know God's with me, I don't see how in the world I'm going to make it. Job was under great trial. As I said, he lost his family, his fortune, his physical health, and then his friends. We haven't even mentioned his friends. Someone said, with friends like that, who needs enemies? If you read through this, you'll find that Job's friends told him they believed in retribution theology. They believed that, that, that uh, if, you're, if you're right with God, you're going to be blessed. 
You can look that in every one of those wor- of, of those words that they're giving speeches. They sit there and tell, they start telling you that God, the blessed, those that are right with God are blessed and all these things are going good. And, 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 and so if you're in sin, which they told Job was, they told Job, you're in sin. That's why you're going through what you're going through. Yeah. They later on went on when Job would repro- reprove that and Job tell them your theology is wrong because Job started saying, well, this rich man dies here. They've never felt the rod of God before in their life and they die and Job was letting them know that these people are rich, the lost people are rich, and they have all kind of money and everything, and they don't have any trials or tribulations and, and, and everything. He said, so by your own theology, you're wrong about God. Yeah. And you can go on through there and read all this, but they basically didn't like that, and they came back and told him, "We think I'll tell you what you are, Job. You are a wicked hypocrite who, 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 sins, uh, who sins in secret. You like put it under your tongue so nobody can see, you know, and they went in talking about that. And, and then Job rebukes that and everything. And then they, and then they come back again and they tell, and they tell Job, you don't even know God. It's awful. Who needs friends like that? I'll yeah. tell you. And then you want to see what Job says about his friends. He goes on, you know, and the thing is, it's amazing what he goes through. Job was going through physical, mental, and emotional struggle. Job wanted to hear, wanted God to hear him. Look at verse 3 there, verse 3 and 4. He said, Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would make my case before him is what he said. He, 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 wanted, to, to, he wanted God to hear him. And I'm going to tell you, when you start going through a trial, that's really what you want to hear, isn't it? I want, I mean, I want God to hear me. I got to know that I can get to God and I want God to, to hear me. I think about this over here in Psalm um, 143, I think it is. Here, let me just read this to you here. 143, David said, hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. If, if I don't know that God can hear me, I'm not going to make it, Lord. My spirit's falling. I can't make it much longer. And then, and then, and then a verse over there in our next verse there, he, he didn't only want God to hear him. He wanted to hear from God. Verse 5, he said there in our text, he said, um, I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Let me tell you, this, and, and, and this is what David said in that Psalm 143, where I just read verse 7. This is what David said in verse 8. Cause me to hear thy love and kindness. Cause me to hear. And I want to tell you when, you, when the trial gets heavier and heavier and heavier, you move from that place of wanting, wanting God to hear you, where all you want is just to hear a word from God. That's all you want is just to hear a word. Job wanted God's help. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me, he said. Job lost all these things, but he didn't lose his faith. And I wonder sometimes, can you hand me a tissue, brother? Give me more than one. Pastor gave me one last time. Give me like three. (laughs) There you go. My dad used to like that word, chinchy. Don't be chinchy. (laughs) Give me a bunch of them, amen. Pastor's not chinchy. I'm not saying that. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's dried up. Power left. Uh, Job wanted God's help. And he said, would he, would he plead against me? No, he would put strength in me is what he said. Now, what I want to preach to you about, the Lord helping me tonight. Did I not tell you it's a long runway? It's a long runway, Amen. 
Job said in verse 3, all that I knew where I might find him. And that's what I want to preach to you about tonight for a few minutes, where you can find Jesus. Okay, let me tell you something. If you don't believe Jesus is in the book of Job, you had not read the book of Job, amen. He's all in that. He talks about the Redeemer. He talks about the resurrection. He talks about his sin being iniquity, being sewn up in a bag. He, he's, giving, he, he's doing sacrifices. I mean, Job knows about Jesus. We could get all in the theology, but let me tell you something. Charles Spurgeon said this right here. When you read the Bible, no matter what book you're in, you need to beat a path to Jesus. That's what he said. Amen. Let me tell you something. If you just read your Bible to read and you don't get to Jesus, then you're missing something. Amen. Let me tell you where he's at. Number one, you can find him in the scriptures. Amen. Look at verse 23 there. Look at verse five there. I would know the words which he would speak, he said. Then in verse 10, he said, but he knoweth the way that I take when he hath tried me. I shall come forth from gold. Verse 11, my foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Let me tell you something. Job was the old. Job held on to the word of God before there ever was a written word of God. Amen. He didn't have no Bible. Can you believe that? Job had no Bible whatsoever. Somebody said that Abraham had no Bible for his sojourn and Job had no Bible for his suffering. Thank God when I start going through the trial and tribulation, the first place I want to go is get in the book. Amen. I got to get in the scriptures and I got to find God. Amen. Let me tell you something. When you start going through the trial and tribulation, if it it doesn't drive you to the book. Something is wrong. Amen. Oh, Job was, uh, he was, uh, he knew, look at that, what he said right here. He, he had stored up that word. He said, I've esteemed the words of his mouth. That word esteem means that have hid and stored up that which is valuable. You know, that's what we do. We always, you know what? We don't only store up stuff that's valuable. We store up stuff that is junk. Amen. We got to get, you know, one of the greatest business you can get into right now, storage sheds. Storage sheds. I tell you one thing, keep us, get us a storage shed and just put up stuff. We, we, we moved from Oregon to Alabama and we had a storage shed. And back that time I was paying like a hundred dollars a month for that. I kept it for years. I said, what in the world? I've been over $1,200 a year of stuff. I don't even know what's in there anymore. And, uh, we went in there, son. And let me tell you something. I, it started losing sentimental value. I got rid of this, that, and everything. I ain't paying a hundred dollars a month for store up stuff I don't even use and then get to the place I don't even know what's in there anymore. Amen. We, we believe in that. We believe in that. But don't take Job stored up that which was valuable. Let me tell you something right now. If you don't get in the book right now, I want to tell you before the trial, you're going to fall apart when the trial comes because you're not going to have anything stored up to get, get anything from. You got to get in the book. Amen. You got to get in the book. Amen. I tell you one of the, one of the things that I like about this, this, these smartphones, and I don't know everything they do. Some of my uh, grandkids know a little more about what goes on this thing than I do. But I want to tell you this right here. It will tell you your screen time. You know what screen time is? It'll tell you how much time you played on the game. How much time you have texted, emailed, social media. It'll tell you everything about how you've been spending your time. Nobody likes to look at that right there. 
I don't want to look at that because let me tell you something. There's a, a great problem today when people would spend more time on, in the, on these phones than in this book right here, okay? I, I know that we got to work and all that, and I'm not saying you ought to spend eight hours a day in the book, but I want to tell you right here, this little 15 minutes time, the devotions in the time, ain't going to get you back and ain't going to sustain you, not only in life's trial, but for the job we've got to do, amen. you got to be in the book, amen. You know that some of them old bad some of them old Dinsons and Albigensians. That's what those were Baptists before the word Baptist became uh, stuck to them. It eventually became Anabaptist and they dropped the word Anna as printing and English came along and so forth. But way back then, how do you know they were Baptists? Because they held the same beliefs that Baptists hold today. They were Waldensians, Albigensians, and it was, and all that crowd was long time before the Catholic Church ever came around in 315 AD and all that stuff. What I'm telling you is this right here. There was those people and you can read about it. If you want the book, I can give the books to you that would memorize and know whole books of the entire Bible by memory. But you know what we do today? We turn on that TV. We're going to find out what Fox News and everybody else has got to say first thing in the morning time. And you say, why are you so always big on that? Because the second time you preach in the pulpit, you got to preach about TV. Because And I got a TV. I ain't, I'm not saying y'all throw your TV out. But I'm telling you this right here. If you get up in the morning time and you let that TV control you, I, I mean, it's going to ruin your day. Amen. Get in the book. Amen. Man, I tell you, you got to get in the book. Job gets in that book. He has stored up the word in his heart. And this is what he found out. He said, I don't know where God's at. I can't find him. I can't feel him. But look at verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. He said, I know I'm in some dark clouds and I don't know what I was going on, but one thing I thank God, I can't see him. I don't know where he is at, but thank God I know because I've read that book. I, he, he didn't have a book to read, but he had held on to the words that he had got that had been passed down to him and that God had spoke to him and he had held on to those and he knew no matter what, God knew where he was at. Amen. Let me tell you something. I don't know what you're going going through and I may not be able to get in the same shoes as you but I want to tell you something right now God knows exactly where you at amen, amen. he has got his eye on you amen yeah. let me tell you take you back to eternity past amen before the world was ever created God saw that man would fall but he had already made a plan amen God didn't come up with plan B he had a lamb who was slain as before the foundation of the world amen and on the other side of the chasm, amen. God had his eye on you, amen. And breached that chasm and come over and saved your soul, amen. He knows exactly where where you're at. He not only knew God knew where he was at, he knew God was testing him. Look at verse 10. When he had tried me, he said, I shall come forth as gold. Do you know that only valuable metals go in the fire? Only valuable metals go in the fire. And God, Job knew that, hey, I'm being tried. Now, if you read through, throughout the book of Job, you're going to find out sometime it seems like Job ain't like this. It seems like sometimes Job, because he starts talking about God at his enemy. He starts talking about God to set him up and shooting his arrows at him and things like that. And that's when your faith gets weak and stuff like that. You ever felt like it? You ever felt like God is against you? I mean, it's God's just against me. I don't know what, what it is, but, but, but you know what? I mean, I go through trials and stuff like this, and I, I, I tell the Lord, Lord, I can't say 
like Job, you know, he kept saying he was righteous. So like he wasn't saying that he had never sinned. He was saying that he wasn't living in sin. He had been walking with God and his sins were confessed and all that. That's what he was saying. His righteousness came from God. He knew that. And his question, Job's question was why? That's what he wanted to know the whole time. Why? Why am I going through this? That's what I want to know is why. And sometimes that's what, it, what those why questions is what gets you. It's the why questions. You get hung up on them why questions, more they'll sink you. Not only did he know God was testing him, he knew God was going to bring him through. He said, I'll come forth as gold. I like it over there in the book of uh, Psalms. David said, thou shalt not die. The Lord told him, thou shalt not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I quote that verse all the time. I get to feeling so bad sometimes and sick. And I say, Lord, I don't know, but I know this right here. I said, Lord, I can't say like Job that, you know, I'm, I'm walking right with, that, I, that I haven't sinned or whatever. I'm going like, man, I just wonder what sin God's getting me for. You know, when you cut past your sins, you confess them 50,000 times. And it's like, you know, and I know y'all don't do that. I'm the only one that does stuff like that, you know, still, but, but I'm telling you, when you're really in the trial, you're like, well, I've already confessed that sin. I've already confessed that sin, you know, whatever. Erase that. <laughs> the word of God brought comfort to Job. Look what he said. He, Job knew that God had a right to do what he was doing because he's sovereign. Look at verse 13 right there. He said, but he, he, but he is in one mind, and who can turn him? What his soul desireth, even that he doeth. You see, God is sovereign. There's several times in the book of Job. In fact, you'll find Job mentioning that God is uh, referring to the sovereignty of God. That's what he's doing there. And um, he, he's referring to, 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 to the sovereignty of God and, and, um, but he knew because he knew God had a right. He wasn't saying that God didn't have a right. He just wanted to know why. Why? Let me tell you something about the sovereignty of God right here. This, this, this is absolutely amazing to me. Y'all uh, hang on with me now. Y'all don't get going on me. I won't be back for a couple months. Y'all hang on with me now. After I get done, y'all probably say, well, take a few more months. Let me tell you this. You ever thought about that? When, when Job and all those things happened to Job that, and everything that, uh, he, you know, he, he's lost everything. And the Bible says that in, in the end of chapter one that then Job, Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. You know why? He, sur he, worship he, he, su he, he surrendered to the sovereignty of God. He knew God has a reason to do whatever God's doing. God has a reason. God has a right, I'm sorry. God has a right to do whatever. And, I, and what I want to point out to you right here is the word that says he fell down on the ground and worshipped. Isn't that something? You find Job's lost everything and he worships God. He gets on the ground. He falls down before God and he's worshiping God. Let me tell you something. Worship is true. Worship is always surrender. Always surrenders to the work to the to the sovereignty of God. I can't tell God what to do. I'm the I'm the clay, not the potter. I don't have a right to say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? He knew Job knew God had a reason. Look at verse fourteen over there. Verse 14 says, uh, uh, 
for he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Look at this right here now. You see that word appointed right there? That word appointed is the same Hebrew word for the word necessary in verse 12. Exact same Hebrew word. What are you saying? I'm telling you this right here. Whatever is appointed for you and me to go through is necessary. This is, God's, this is God's reason right here. Let me tell you now the most unbelievable verse in the entire Bible. Romans 8.28. It's the most unbelievable verse in the Bible when you're in the trial. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. And God is going to make sure that everything that is necessary, you are going to, uh, He's going to appoint for you everything that's necessary for you. And it may require losing your job, losing your finances. It may require losing a child. Oh, no, I don't know what it is, but it, but but our loved one, God had. But you need to know this that God has a right but God has a reason and the reason is for your good amen, amen. amen. it's for your good uh, let me let me see if I can find this right here I was reading this the other day we're going to land this big plane quickly here so you just hang on with me now he said over in Jeremiah over there, Jeremiah told the Lord, he said, Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. And then, and he's right in the middle. God has untold him that, that there's all kind of judgments coming. And you know the story. They're going to go into to bondage, you know. And Daniel's later on reading the book of Jer Jeremiah. And he knows they're going to come out of bondage and everything. Well, God is telling Jer Jer Jeremiah all these things. And then he tells Jeremiah this. Go buy this piece of property. Go buy this piece of property. And then, and then Jeremiah goes, oh, Lord, God. And, and he goes in, is there anything too? He said, there's nothing too hard for you. And I don't so if you understand what this happened here, God is saying, oh, this is going to happen. The captivity is going to take place and everything. But when God told Daniel, to, told Jeremiah to buy this piece of par, 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 parcel, he was telling him that there's, that there's, there's a future. There's hope, amen. Amen. That's what he was telling him. And then God, a few verses later, tells him, is there anything too hard for me? Because as he's going on telling him all that's going to happen, he's, that trial, he's showing him how hard it's going to get. And he's just reminding him, is there anything too hard for me? No, there's not anything too hard for me. And before that chapter is out, he, he, he speaks over there. He says, and, and, and I'm going to do them good. And then he goes on down. He says, I'm going to do them good. And then verse 41, he says, I'm going to rejoice over them to do them good, he says. And I'm going to take the desolate and give them cities. What I'm just trying to tell you is, is God has a reason, and whatever that reason is you're going through, God is going to bless, is a purpose in it, amen. Yeah. Job knew that God had a, revo a reward. Look at that verse 10 there. He said, I know I'll come forth as gold. And did he come forth as gold? He did. Job's at the end over there in chapter 42, you can see how God blessed Job and, and, uh, and with all the different things. And Seth said he gave him double what he had. It said that he started out with uh, 7,000 sheep. He ended up with 14. He started out with 3,000 camels. He ended up with 6,000 camels. He started out with, with, with 500 uh, ox and oxen and 500 donkeys. He ended up with a thousand he then it says over there in 42 he ended up with seven sons and three daughters but he had seven sons and three daughters at the beginning so how did he double that anybody know that of course you know that the other other tens in heaven amen that's why i didn't give him 10 more here he gave him 10 more gave him gave them to him there amen 
The word of God will bring you comfort. The word of God will bring you strength. It'll bring you stability. It'll bring you sanity. Amen. I'm only on point number two, but I'm going to give it to you quickly here. Where can you find Jesus? You can find him on the throne of grace. Look at, look at verse two right there, back over there. He said there that... Uh, Verse 3, rather, oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat, he said. His seat. How's he know about that, I wonder? Because he'd been there. He you knew to pray in there, amen. He, he knew about the seat of God. He knew about the, the praise place where Jesus, where God dwelleth at, amen. That's what he's talking about. I will come to his dwelling place. I will come to where he is. That's what he said. If I could just find uh, that seat there is what he said. I'd come before his seat there. I will tell you what Job was saying is, is if I could just get to, to get to him, I know I'd be all right. It's good to get to somebody you know can take do something about your situation, ain't it? Man, it's good to get into contact with people that, that you know that can help you in your situation. Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. Let me just read that to you real quickly there. He said, uh, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passing to the heavens, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity, infirmities, but was all points tempted as like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. Man, we got that scripture right there. We got that scripture and we can come to the throne of grace. Amen. And what's he doing on that throne of grace? Making intercession for us, amen. Jesus is praying for you. When you ever want to know, man, is anybody praying for me? I want to tell you, and you feel like nobody's praying for you, let me tell you, you can know that Jesus is praying for you, amen. Before I, before I got up this morning, you know how it is, and I, I just spoke, preached against these cell phones here, but uh, my phone's right beside the bed, and I like to listen to sermons before I go to bed or the, or the uh, Word of God. And uh, sometimes my wife don't like sermon time. They get too hard on her. She said, can you just put on the preaching, put it on the Word of God instead of preaching tonight? <laughs> I'm putting on this one right here to how to treat your husband, amen. <laughs> he's preaching on the home. Tonight he's preaching about the wife. I'm only kidding with you. Hey, but uh, my, you know, your phone will go off, whatever, and then you, then you look it up and it'll tell you that. And I had an email this morning that said, what can I pray for you about today? Man, it's going to be a good day when you know somebody's got you on their heart first thing in the morning and says, hey, what can I pray for you today about? Amen. Hey, before you get going tomorrow, next day, or whenever, maybe, maybe before you get up and get all hung up in the world and everything, just take time and say, I wonder. I wonder if there's somebody I can just send a word to, Lord, and let them know I'm praying for you today before the throne of God. I'm bringing your name before Jesus today. Amen. He can do something about your situation. Amen. Amen. Romans 8, 34. He's making intercession for us. He's pleading on the behalf of one in trouble. I like what old Thomas Watson, the old Puritan, said. He said, Christ went more readily ad crucem than we do to the throne of grace. You know, we get the attitude of like, has it come to that? Must I pray? Joseph Hall, the old Puritan, said, Good prayers never come weeping home. I'm sure to receive either what I ask or what I should ask. And Jeremiah Burroughs, old Puritan, said this, Yea, but we have waited a long time. Yea, but yet know that you're at the right door. Amen. <laughs> keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Amen. God's going to open that door up. Amen. Amen. 
Let me finish with this real quickly here. I blew through that. Let's look, look through this real quick. Let me tell you where you can find Jesus, okay? You can find him in the midst of the church, amen. Yeah. Now, the church is not, Job didn't know about the church because the Old Testament didn't know the church. The, the, the New Testament age of a church is a mystery. It's what Paul calls it. They didn't see the mystery of the church, okay? But let me tell you something right now. We do not believe in replacement theology. The church does not take the place of Israel, amen. And if, if you were to take out the tribulation, I might be inclined to believe that the church replaces Israel. But I want to tell you something. God's got a plan for Israel. Amen. God's got a plan for that, for that group of people that he has called out. And, and the only nation of 6,000 years history that went out of existence and back into existence still as a nation of Israel. The Jews. There ain't nobody like that. I want to tell you. God Almighty done that. Amen. Let me tell you what Jesus, what Paul Jesus told Paul through, through in the book of Ephesians 2, 2, 2.22. He said, Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus. And he says, In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. You see, what he's saying is, is there's a place where God will meet with you like he won't meet anywhere else, and that is the house of God. Amen. Ah. Let me tell you something. When the trials and tribulations get going, don't you don't need to sit there and say, man, I'm too weak to go to church tonight. I can't come to the house of God tonight. There's troubles going on. Let me tell you something. God will help you. There's help in the sanctuary. Amen. Ah. You need to come. How many times? And I know, I know it's tired when you work. I work a job too, and I know that you get tired when you come to church on midweek. Pastor works a job. He's done Definitely going to be tired and, and get, up, get up and preach and wore out from that. But let me tell you something right now. How many times have I sat in this church just in the short time I've been here and God has dropped a word into my heart through pastor, amen. And I said, man, I see things a whole lot better for tomorrow, amen, than I did. Somehow or another, we get to the place where it just seems like we can't see and we make it and then we get to the church house and God reveals to us what's going on. It's amazing how God does that. Amen. Amen. Uh, brother brother uh, Dylan preached last time before I got up to preach. And, and let me tell you something. I was going through the trial and tribulation at that time. He was preaching about faith. And let me tell you something right there. I fed on that all week long. Amen. I, I'm telling you, God strengthened me. Amen. Why? Because when you come to the house of God, you don't come to find out who's the preacher. You come for the word. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you come to hear from God, you'll hear from God. If you don't come to hear from God, it's highly possible you won't. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something. I thank God for our pastor. I thank God that he's a man of God that reads the word, studies the word, and, and doesn't sit there and, uh, and waste my time when I come to the house of God and I've been working all week long and I'm tired. I don't want to hear just something. Amen. I want to hear something God's gave him. Amen. Amen. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't be driving an hour to church. I can tell you that right now. I got a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, going through trials and tribulations. I don't understand what's going on in his life. He don't understand what's going on in his life. But let me tell you something right now. He's left the house of God. Trouble is coming. You thought you was in trouble when you were in the fire. Let me tell you something that happened to you, child of God. The Bible says that he has set, in the book of Corinthians, set every member in, in, in the church as he desired. Okay? Let me tell you something. It ain't got nothing to do with whether or not there was anything to do with social media or anything like that, how somebody finds your church. Okay, what God sets. I mean, God took specifically pastor out of Georgia to Tennessee and moved him here. Yeah. Okay, 
No doubt he did, okay? Uh, I'm sure of it. And you're sure of it as a church. And I know equally that God moved us from there to here. I have no doubt about that. After a year of looking for a church where the presence and Spirit of God is at, that God has set us here. He has designed a specific place for us in this church, amen. At this time, amen. And it's that third pew back here, and I wish y'all would stay off of it, amen. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding, amen. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff, amen. No, no, no. Let me tell you something. You need to know this right here. When the, if the devil, he wants to keep you out of church. He wants to keep you away from the word of God and the people of God and the throne of God. Let me tell you something. You start missing church. You'll stop reading that book. You'll stop going to the throne of grace. You won't have any hope. You're going to end up in a bad situation. This is the place where God meets with his people. This is the church of the redeemed. Amen. He's in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks in chapter 1 and chapter 2 of the, of the book of Revelation. By chapter 3, I done told you he's somehow or another got out on the outside of the church at Laodicea. You know why? Because nobody saw him walk out the door. Nobody yeah. saw him leave. He ceased to be the center of attraction. Therefore, we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. This is a strategy of the devil. I'm telling you, you say, well, the church is going to hurt. The church is not going to be hurt as much as you're going to be hurt. Don't leave the church and thank God you're here. Thank God you're faithful. I'm telling you, stay faithful to church. When you feel like you don't go, can't come to church, come to church. Amen. When you feel like you can't pray, pray. Amen. When you feel like you can't read the word of God, you know, and sometimes you like that when you, when, when the trial is heavy, somebody, I just can't get in that book. Let me tell you something. Get in the book. Amen. Get in the book. Amen. Take a look in the book. Amen. Get to the throne of grace and pour your heart out to God. Amen. And come to church and don't come to church every time when, you, when you're in the struggle and trial, putting on that fake smile. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what Joel Osteen does, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He'll come around and he'll say, let me just tell you, you may be going through a trial, but God, you know, and all that stuff like that. Don't you know Let me tell you something. I got so discouraged one time. Let me tell you something here. I'm done. I, I got so discouraged one time. I was having so much physical difficulty after I got hit by the car years ago and I had been backslidden on God and God, you know, I told you this, that God created a whale for Jonah and a big fish for Jonah and he quit, created a Mercedes Benz for Mike Comstock. He didn't hit me with no Volkswagen bug, praise God. He hit me with a Mercedes, amen. I don't know what that's all about. All I know was it did the job and uh, I got right with God before I hit the ground, but it created a bit of trouble and I had got so discouraged and I just needed a word of encouragement. I just wanted, you know, I don't, I, I, hey, I'm all people say, well, you know, there's a mistake, you know, about all this. Uh, uh, this is the problem with all this. If God is, is uh, if you're right with God, God's going to bless you, health, wealth, and riches, all that stuff like that. All this stuff is going on, you know. That, that's nothing more than, than a positive mental attitude, you know. Right. If you think it, it's going to happen, you know, if you believe, if you name it, claim it, and all that. God's not bound to our faith. Just because you believe it don't mean God's got to do something. Okay. He ain't, a, he, ain't, he, ain't bound, uh, he ain't bound by our faith either, okay? Because sometimes my faith wavers, and I thank God that God don't look at me and say, hey, uh, you, I, I was going to bless you, but then your faith wavered, and I, I can't bless you now. 
He ain't bound to it. He can keep on working in my life, even though my faith may, you know, struggle, you know. And if you don't think your faith, Abraham struggled, look at him, you know. The Bible said he staggered not the promises of God. But that ain't what it looks like in the Old Testament. But he, he, he did. But um, where was I going with that, preacher? I was going somewhere with that. You know what I did? I bought a Joel Osteen CD. We pulled up into a, uh, pulled up into a Walgreens. I was so discouraged. I, I'm, leaning, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not lying to you. I'm sitting there going, I know how people commit suicide. I mean, I was in dark days. I'm not talking about for a day. I'm talking about for months on end. On end. It was brutal, brutal, brutal. And uh, I said, I'm not getting Joel Osteen for theology. I just want to hear a word of encouragement. Because I couldn't get it going to church. Uh, people at church, I mean, it's all fake stuff, you know. At, at that particular time, where, where was it? Everything's fake. You know, everything's good. I'm blessed. Everything. I, I praise the Lord. <laughs> Nobody was real. Uh, I'm hurting. I feel like I'm about to fall apart, lose my mind. I need some help. Yeah. Can anybody help me out? Can anybody help me? I couldn't get nothing. And so I went in and I bought a Joel Osteen CD. I plopped that thing in my radio thing. I listened about five minutes to that thing. I chunked that thing out. Amen. I can't listen to that stuff right there. Let me tell you something. Positive mental attitude and, and positive thinking is not going to do you any good when you're in a real trial. If you're a saved person, what you're going to have to have is the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the people of God, the throne of God. There ain't nothing else going to help you out. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you something. If you need to know where you find Jesus, that's where you can find him. Amen. 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 